hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. This is episode number 93, three weeks with COVID-19 group lessons. That's right, today we're going to talk about the last three weeks of group swimming lessons that we've been doing during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, this is uh, recorded on October 25th of 2020, which means that we're about three, we are exactly three full weeks into our group lesson swimming program where we are open to the public in our public pool. Now, we're going to give you, or I'm going to give you some details about what our procedure's like, how is it gone, and the challenges we've faced in the last three weeks. If you're considering starting and opening your own swim lesson program during the coronavirus pandemic, definitely give this one a listen. First, a voice from our sponsors. That's right. We are teaching swim lessons. And we have three groups going across three hours and with a limit of eight participants per time slot. Now, these are 45-minute lessons where our teachers are teaching from the deck. Now, at first, I want to give you a general what's it been like. To begin with, it's been very different. It's a very different thing to be teaching your group lessons with kids as young as five that we don't have an instructor in the water with them. Now, there is an opportunity for the instructors to be in the water if needed, to move around benches or to be there for support if it's absolutely needed. But for the most part, our teachers are teaching from the deck. Now, I wanna give you a rundown of what our procedure is, how we're doing those teaching, and what the challenges have been during the last three weeks. So to begin with the procedure, before, everyone showed up on the first day. I looked at our registrations and gave an email, sent an email out to everyone detailing our COVID procedures for the facility. That includes requiring everyone to fill out a COVID screening form with basic questions about have you had a fever? Do you have you come in contact with anyone with a fever? Um, Or have you shown any signs of COVID? Stuff like that. Standard boilerplate COVID screening questions. Everyone that comes in the facility has to fill one out. They walk separately, six feet apart, towards the pool. And on the pool, we have, we're actually blessed with a, um, there's a, it's like called an X-take or um, expeller fans that are built into our storage uh, crates. Basically, this waterproof plastic wood-looking material that we use as a bench and as a storage uh place. It houses a um, a fan that sits on the bottom of the deck and sucks out the chloramines, which are that cloud of toxic gas that hangs over a pool. It sucks it out. So on top of that, we have cones with numbers on it, which correspond to different parts of the pool. We have numbers one through eight, and each lane has a number associated with it with each half of the pool. So for example, one, two, three, and four would be on one side of the pool and five, six, seven, and eight would be on the other side of the pool. We keep all of the lane lines in and we put in benches strategically in different places to accommodate our swim lessons. Uh, This works really well in our shallow pool. We have a three and a half foot pool and the benches that we use are excellent Uh, for this because we can aim them towards each other to create a square-like platform that the participants can walk around on without falling off. Now, it is a little wobbly, so 
we do have instructors immediately next to them. And if the instructor does need to get in the water, they can keep their face covering on. I'm getting myself a little ahead of this, but so participants come in and they go towards their number. They change at their number. So they come in their swimsuits. They go to the uh, spot where they're at. We try to keep a uh, lane separation between everyone if we can. If not, the lanes are six feet um, apart. So at no point should someone be you know, hugging the same lane. And we make that clear and it's pretty explicit as when we have the benches inside the water because they're not going towards the sides or the edges. They're staying on those benches. Uh, all of the swim instructors are required to wear facial coverings at all times. And that includes when they're in the water. Now, if they're gonna be demonstrating streamlines or front crawl, which we discourage at this point, then they would remove the face covering. The participants do not wear the face covering. Now this is a sticky point because we know that to protect yourself from coronavirus, everyone around you needs to be wearing a face mask. And that's just the science of how this works. So if we have kids in the pool without face masks, how are we protecting ourselves? And the, and the answer is, well, we're not doing a very good job of it. Instead, what we're doing is we need to be uh, staying distant, wearing our own face covering, and we have fans at the entrance of the pool that are blowing water across or blowing air across the pool into those um, uh, expeller fans. So there's that sucking fan that draws out the chloramines. We aim, they're like the, they're, they're called tornado fans, but they pull air in and shoot it along the, like, along a floor. They're like uh, the drying fans for carpet that gets wet. And they shoot the, the air across the pool um, towards those um, uh, the fans that suck the air out. And so we're brushing the, the air across the pool towards those sucking fans that takes the air out. So that's our, our hope is that it's going to keep uh, any virus that's expelled by the participants without their face coverings on out through that fan. Um, also, we keep our distance, so we are six feet away. It is a large open space, uh, and the kids, for the most part, are aiming towards each other or doing activities. Uh, at the end of the lesson, then they get out and change, and they put clothes on top of their wet swimsuits, and they exit the facility through uh, what used to be an emergency exit. Uh, so it, it's like a one-way flow. And everyone wears face masks when they're not in the pool, so when they're not actively swimming. And the instructors wear them throughout the entire lesson. Uh, so how are we teaching? We're teaching from the deck. Uh, the, primary, the goal here is to uh, have as many people wearing face coverings as possible. The struggles that we have are having diverse skills of people and enough space and benches to accommodate them. So for siblings, we can put them in the same lane so we can kind of double up in a space. But if we have four people of diverse ability all in the shallow end, we simply don't have enough benches to create this double platform face to face. So if we had all five kids, they wouldn't be able to stand on there. So that's a challenge that we found. Um, having a diverse group of kids. The, the other challenge that I've really been struggling with is how to make this cost effective. Now, we're going to have to look at charging a little bit more, doing a little less time, adding class periods, and reducing 
teacher to student ratios. So that means instead of having the one to five ratio instructor to students, we're gonna to need to be having a one to two or one to three ratio. Now even still, this is very challenging because you have one instructor potentially bouncing back between two or three different lanes that all have their own independent activities going on at the same time. The challenge here is, is when they, uh, you have kids that don't listen, that don't, like, don't want to participate, or simply can't because they're not at the same ability level. Now, we can't, be, I, I, we can't charge enough at this point uh, to justify having a private lesson for everybody that shows up though that may be something we'll go towards with, of course, a commiserate increase in fees. Um, another challenge is how do we get the swimmers to move around on these benches and be engaged when they may be afraid of the water or they may not know how to swim yet? So a lot of this is building on progressions and understanding systems. And so we've really been leveraging the swim sheets and the visual skills sheets found in the digital swim lesson plans. And you can get both of these at swimminglessonsideas.com store, and they're both available for you there. So we've really been leveraging this concept of activity one, activity two, and then challenge or game. And by doing this is we're, we're kind of treating these swim lessons like they are practices for a swim team. So we're giving uh, activities, so do this, and then we are uh, enforcing it, so do this four times, giving feedback based on the attempts, give them another stimulating activity, and then we're going we're gonna to or uh, increase their interest, increase their fun quotient or level by giving them a challenge or a game. Now, some challenges could be uh, put five toes above the water, uh, put 10 toes above the water and do not touch the bench at all. So th there's varying degrees of challenges that we can do. And a lot of these challenge ideas are baked into the uh, swim sheets and visuals, general lesson plans that you can get on the website. So we're giving those out to our instructors. We're making sure that they have them in hand to draw from. Uh, but getting the swimmers moving has been really hard. So we have these two brothers that uh, aren't very good at listening. They argue with the teachers. They tell them that they don't have to do things. They wander off on their own. They chant and scream and cry and refuse to participate. And one thing I'll note here, the parents are not allowed on the deck. That's right. The parents are not allowed to stay on the deck. They're not even allowed to stay in the facility. So this kind of is, is a bit of contention because Parents are dropping their swimmers off, just like they would like a swim team or a private lesson usually, and then they leave the facility. Now that's a challenge for us because sometimes children's behavior drastically changes when the parent is not there watching. And we've definitely found this case with these two brothers who tend to act out and not be very receptive to doing the activities and skills that we have. So that makes it a bit of a challenging uh, environment. So we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we get them to participate, to do things, uh, and still um, get, have their interest without too much of the wrestling and dominance of you must listen to me and you're, I'm the teacher and you have to listen. That's been a challenge. 
Um, and in particular, I think the instructors working with those kids have done very well. Uh, they've kept the kids moving, at least doing something, even if at times it looks like one kid is off on his own. Sometimes children need that opportunity to work out their resistance so that they can come back uh, and participate um, later on. And doing the challenges and the games tends to draw them in because by setting up these challenges, games, and giving achievable wins, which is what those challenges are about, it's like, do this, but we're going to make it a little bit harder so that when you succeed, it's a bit more meaningful. When we do those fun things, they tend to be drawn into it, and then they're more likely to listen to our instructions after that because they're interested in what further interesting thing we're going to do. Um, another challenge that we have is getting the swim instructors to um, think like a swim coach. Now, not all of them have experience with swim teams, so they're not used to this high volume command voice, um, speaking in direct um, statements. And, and it's something that we really do a, a lot of effort training to get. Uh, but when you are in the water with a swimmer and you can physically pick them up, or if you can be right in front of them, it's a lot easier to get them to do what you want. Standing on the deck and kind of leaning over the edge, trying to get swimmers to follow your instructions that may or may not be able to hear you is really difficult. So our swim instructors are struggling because they have face coverings on, right? Because they're being safe. And that makes it harder for them to hear. Then you have the noise of the pool. You have the noise of the fans. You have the noise of the uh, expeller fans. You have the noise of the kids next to you, the instructor next to you, all giving this, this cacophony of noise. And so learning to coach or teach in this chaotic environment is really difficult when you're not in the water with the kids because you can't get right up next to their ear, right next to their face and say, hey, here's what we're doing. You can't pull on their hand. You can't guide them into a front float. Um, it's harder to move benches around, make adjustments for different activities. Uh, so it's a lot harder and you're more of a passive exterior person. You are removed from the setting of the lesson. So overcoming this hurdle of teaching on the deck takes time and it takes a while to ease into this ease of confidence and the ease of command that comes with being a coach on the pool deck. Um, I feel comfortable in this because I coach every day for the most part. So I and have been doing it for over 10 years at this point, 12 years now. Um, I'm comfortable getting on the pool deck and saying, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's who, how to do it. First person, ready, go. And then expecting those commands to be carried out. It's harder for uh, new swim instructors to do that. And, and I understand that because it's something that you grow into. And especially when it's difficult to be heard, it's difficult to be loud enough, it's hard to do as well. So it, it, that's another challenge that we're running into. Um, we can overcome that through practice, through training. Um, one of my leadership participants just went through a training with a new hire uh, designed to uh, effectively communicate with swimmers uh, by actually quantifying how to get their attention um, and then how to give feedback. It was an excellent training, and I thought he did really well. 
And that's something that he came up with on his own and then turned around and taught a lesson and had a lot of hard time doing those things that he came up with as a training. So it's, it's kind of funny how that worked, but uh, I think a lot of his struggles was the face covering that he has makes it very difficult to hear people, to hear him. Uh, and he might need to have a different variation of a face covering uh, that is less uh, dampening of his voice. So those are the kind of the challenges we've run into, uh, the not listening kids, uh, the cramped space, the limit of resources, um, the need to have private lessons pretty much uh, and not having that available. Um, the struggle of not being in the water for kids that we would otherwise be in the water with. Um, getting them to do things on their own without someone there to support them. That's really hard. So that, transi that transition period between uh, going underwater and doing glides. So if you know what I'm talking about is you might have kids that are comfortable going underwater, right? They put their face in, they kind of like are comfortable not standing for brief periods of time, but gliding across a gap or gliding across the water, completely not touching the bottom or anything is a big, it's a big leap from just going underwater. So generally we get over that by doing lots of repetition and lots of uh, supported glides and um, it's hard to kind of overcome that without you being in the water to help so that's one of the struggles that we've come up we've, we've encountered um, getting them moving uh, of course and then um, you know the staff to swimmer ratio is, is a bit harder to do uh, so there's some positives uh, the kids are really resilient. You know, they take to this new situation really well. And I've been coaching since July with kids, so in groups of eight. And I'm still amazed at how readily they'll show up with their face coverings. And they won't take it off. They won't remove it. They'll leave it on. They put it over their nose. They put it, you know, like some people don't put it on their nose. You know, they wear it correctly and they keep it on. And then they, they take it off when they go in the pool and then they get out of the water and they put it on right away. And they just adapt to this normal that we've established through repetition, through clear guidelines, through, um, you know, unyielding, rigid, this is what will happen kind of behavior. But as long as they fall within those rules of, you know, what you should be doing and where you should be doing it, I'm talking about like where to stand, where to put your face covering on and stuff like that. Stay in your lane. Don't socialize with kids too close. As long as you put these guardrails up and give them leeway within them, they'll stay there. Like they're not going to deviate from these clearly defined, you know, rules and guides. As long as you get, you know, you talk to them like, like they're, they're people because they are. Um, and you interact with them in a positive and encouraging manner. So, uh, you know, there are times where I'm like, stay six feet apart, put your mask on. And, you know, they will do it. Uh, you know, I'll say that with a stern voice. But then in the next sentence, I'll, I'll be asking them how many cheeseburgers they eat in the last two days. 
if you didn't know, cheeseburgers are my favorite food. So, uh, you know, they're very resilient and they adapt. So I'm less worried about the kids in their, how they're handling the situation and the experience of swim lessons because they generally tend to have a good time with it. Uh, the troubles we'll have are kids that can't be without their kid, their parents, uh, in which case, that, I forgot to say this, we had a kid sign up for a group lessons that's three. Uh, and that's simply too young for the situation that we're in right now. So I contacted the parents and asked them to have at least one parent come in the water with him during every lesson. And then our instructor teaches the parent as well as the child. So the parent is in the water doing all the support things that the teacher used to do. Uh, and is an active part of the lesson. So how you, you'll need to start thinking about how to rework your lessons to accommodate having parents involved in it so that they can take care of the kids, if that's appropriate, right? So treating it like an extended parent-taught class, which is a great segue into the parent-taught class. It's been going great. So if you go to swimminglessonsideas.com right now, you can, and I don't know if this will stay at live, but you can go to practices and then click on that again. And you'll see every lesson and practice that we've done for our swim team and our lessons in the last month and beyond. There's like 300 different practices. But you can see the parent-taught classes that we've been doing right there. And you can follow along with it. And you can even use it if you have a television or a projector of some kind or just using your phone. It's fantastic. We have a big, large screen TV that we wheel out and we play the songs from YouTube on the TV for the kids in the parent talk class while we sing on deck together. And then we leverage the images and pictures and guides that we have for the teaching swimming course and form the um, uh, yeah, the teaching swimming course. So uh, how to hold front floats, how to hold um, back floats, how to do getting in from the side, how to pass to the wall, how to pass to another person, um, twinkle, twinkle, little star. You know, all the things are all on the website and you can check it out right there. Uh, so that's been going really well. Uh, the, the tools that we've really been using a lot uh, are the swim sheets, which you can get on swimminglessonsideas.com, uh, the digital lesson plans, which you can get there as well, and then also leveraging a lot of the stuff from the website put together into a lesson plan uh, that, that's available that you can see under practices tab. So three weeks with COVID-19 group lessons so far has been going really well. A few challenges, but nothing that we can't overcome. And uh, hopefully if you're having your group lessons, you are having a good, um, mostly a positive experience as well. Um, we've been pretty diligent with... Thank you.